when it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. Now think about that. When it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. That can be taken two very different ways, can it not? Turn in your Bible, please, to 2 Samuel 24. When it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. David, the man after God's own heart, had sinned yet again. And God gave David three choices. David, because of your sin... You can choose to have three years of famine. You can choose to have three months of being pursued by your foes, your enemies. Or you can choose three days of pestilence. A multiple choice test where every answer... Sounds awful. And David, being the thoughtful man that he was, said, God, let me not fall into the hands of men. I place myself in your hands, looking for mercy, do as you see fit. The Lord chose to send three days of pestilence, and in those three days, 70,000 people died. And the angel of the Lord turned his face toward Jerusalem to destroy it, where the king reigned. And God said, It is enough. Cease. And the angel obeyed the Lord. David would go to a place, a threshing floor, owned by a man by the name of Arana, the Jebusite, in Jerusalem. Because it is to this point the angel had gotten... And he would come to offer sacrifices at that threshing floor. When Arana heard that David, the king, was coming, he fell on his face before him. And Lord, whatever you need, I will give you. That's what he says to David. I'll give you the oxen. I'll provide the wood for this sacrifice. God has been merciful to us. And 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, records these famous words. David said, I will not offer to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing. When it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. David would not take the oxen and take the wood and take the place, the threshing floor, for nothing. 
we will not offer to God that which cost us nothing either. Some people stop at nothing. They have what I guess we could call cirrhosis of the giver. They freely take God's blessings and His goodness. They respond to His grace and yet they can proudly say to Jesus, all of self and none of thee. But others are like David when it comes to giving. We won't stop. It's been my experience here at Westside over the years to realize I was preaching to a group of people like David Truitt was reading about. You give well because you've been blessed greatly. It makes preaching about giving easy for a preacher when the track record exists that has existed here at Westside. Our giving, our giving, your giving and mine, make it possible for us to be missionaries in places without leaving Midland. Your giving, my giving, our giving, make it possible for the gospel to be broadcasted in studios that you and I will never enter, perhaps. Our giving makes it possible for people to hear the soul-saving gospel of Jesus whom we have never met and may never meet this side of glory. Our giving matters. Our giving matters. And think about this, brothers and sisters. As we think about God, and Britt talked about this in the Lord's Supper meditation, and the supreme offering gift that he made in our behalf, God is a gracious and generous giver. Amen? Therefore, people who've responded to God's grace ought to be gracious and generous givers too. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 5. Five observations about the Macedonian brethren who were some of the greatest givers in the New Testament. Five observations. Observation number one, their giving was initiated by God's grace. Look at 2 Corinthians 8.1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Mark that word grace because in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, a passage in 2 Corinthians that's just devoted to the Corinthian collection, to the collection, to giving. The word grace occurs no less than ten times. Because God is so gracious and generous, 
his people desire to be gracious and generous too. The section concludes, 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks to God for his unspeakable gift. And at the beginning of that verse, grace, thanks. It's the word grace. And at the end of the verse, gift, grace. Grace unto God for his unspeakable grace. Grace is giving thanks. Grace is giving gifts. That's God. And those who have responded to God's grace should be gracious and generous too. Observation number two. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5 with me. And what you'll see, brothers and sisters, is this, my friends. You'll see that their generous giving transcended their earthly circumstances. Their giving transcended their earthly circumstances. Because their earthly circumstances are described in 2 Corinthians 8, verses 2 and 3, Thomas, as deep poverty and in much affliction. Talk about very gracious, generous people. Motivated by the grace of God so freely given them. Observation number three. They gave joyfully. They gave joyfully. They didn't give simply out of duty. They gave out of joy because of the grace and generosity of God. Keep your eyes on the context. Fourth, they gave generously. They gave generously. They were eager. They wanted to be involved. They considered it a privilege, a favor, a blessing to be able to do it. And they gave Paul rights. Listen. Above and beyond what they were able And when I read that passage, I think of a number of you. Number five. Notice this observation. They gave so much because they had first given themselves to the Lord. Verse 5 says that. The Macedonian Christians, if Paul could have, he would have given them the gold medal for New Testament giving. But not a single one of those brethren would have worn that medal because they realized that it really belonged to Jesus. Now, 
When I think of that type of giving, I often think of you. So I don't mind talking about giving. It's easier to do when you have many who are much like the Macedonian Christians in their desire to give. Two thousand twenty would be considered a difficult year by most. Imagine what this congregation was able to accomplish in two thousand twenty. Just a few things to share. We were involved in the support of Cody and Katie McCoy and their three kids while Cody is attending Memphis School of Preaching. Aren't you glad? That family loves the Lord, and we've been able to partner with them. You may never attend a class in Memphis School of Preaching, but you're supporting someone to go there who we pray will be preaching for years and years. In a a COVID-infested year, we supported 40 to 50 individuals at Bear Valley Bible Institute through teaching through your generous contribution through your contribution and mine we supported Bear Valley Bible Institute International especially in Fiji where Terry has gone on more than one occasion and wanted to go terribly last year, but had to change his plans. As I think about it, New Mexico Children's Home was supported because of our contributions. And a number of children who might not otherwise have love and support and some spiritual emphasis in their life received all of that because people cared and gave. I think of Rod and Gay Kyle in New Zealand. Tim, he's in his 70s now, isn't he? He's about 70, but he's not like any 70-year-old most of us know. He's chomping at the bits to be able to teach others about Jesus. And in his last note, you could just feel how antsy Rod was as he expressed the desire to go to the Solomon Islands and other places and teach lost souls. We supported Rod throughout Last year and for many years prior, his wife, Gay, has Huntington's disease, a disease that is terminal. And Rod tries to well balance his time caring for his wife and teaching and preaching. Aren't you glad we have a part in his work? How about Denzel Roberts in the Caribbean? Much like Rod, he's the Caribbean Rod, I would say. A guy with unending energy for talking to others about Jesus. We get to support him and it's a privilege. 
Because he will encounter and bring people to Christ that you and I will not know about this side of eternity very much. But we're involved in that work. Continuing. How about Andrew Solomon who we supported for a number of years until he passed away? Above and beyond our budgeted items, I believe in 2020 on two separate occasions, special contributions were sent to help with the medical expenses of Brother Solomon. And I believe the amount was somewhere totaling fifteen to $20,000. That's in addition to people's giving. I think about how at the end of 2020, Terry made a special plea on behalf of the brethren at Fiji who had been struck by a cyclone. And on one Sunday, $5,000 additionally was given to help with people there. I think of the fact that our elders, whenever Andrew Solomon passed away, Listen to a recommendation from the uh, missions committee, I'm sure, but I don't know that our elders needed it. But they continued to support Lynetta Solomon. And 2021's budget reflects continued support of that sister, the widow of a faithful preacher who served well. I think of a young lady named Roxana who lives now in Baltimore but she grew up in a country closely associated with the former Soviet Union. She's a Christian now and through mission work and efforts of people like Brother Pafford she came to Jesus and lives in Baltimore. I didn't know it until this year, but Roxana had been listening to our webcast on Facebook and on our website. And she hadn't been able to attend services in the Baltimore area for a while due to the virus. And she sent freely and willingly and sacrificially of a check to support the work of this church. When people from other places are willing to send a check to the work that we are involved in and doing at Westside, that says something, doesn't it? How willing should we be to continue what has been a track record for years in this church? You can put your money in the stock market and my stock, uh, my investing person, my experts here, but I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find a better investment in this old world anytime, but especially now, than investing in eternity. I really believe it is not the time even though some of you have taken pay cuts. Others have changed in their position. They've retired. And the congregation may not be exactly on the same footing that it has been. 
But I believe very much that this congregation will still be known for its graciousness and its generosity. I don't see that changing. Because that's the type of track record that you've had. You support Adam and his family. I know they are humbled and grateful for that. You have supported Cherie and my family for over 20 years now. I cannot thank you enough. And whatever work is done, think about this. It's we. Because of your support, we were able to deliver seven lessons for polishing the pulpits online. Because of your support, lessons have been done at World Video Bible School that reach people even now. Because of your support, I truly believe there will be many souls in heaven. So don't tell me that the church isn't doing anything because that's a pretty bad year. COVID and everything in 2020. And anyone who would think that is sadly mistaken. Imagine what God can continue to do through a smaller congregation in West Texas that honestly believes that people who respond to the grace and generosity of God ought to be gracious and generous too. The elders, after a lot of prayer, have come up with the 2021 budget. It is a 6% decrease over last year. A 6% decrease. It may challenge us, but I believe that we have a big God and that we also have some gracious, generous givers. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. You'll never make a greater investment than investing your soul in Jesus. Come to him through faith, repentance, and baptism and respond to his grace. Respond to what he did at the cross. For those of us who are Christians, you'll never make a better investment than investing yourself in the local church. I believe Christians ought to have giving that goes beyond the local church, but I certainly think that because God is so gracious, we should graciously and generously support the local church. You won't find a better return for your investment. Let us stand and sing.